my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. Ah, If you're listening to this episode live when I am posting it, I am so sorry. This episode is late. I usually try to get the episodes out on Tuesday by early Tuesday morning, but but I will I will spare y'all the roller coaster of what has happened <laughs> this week. But by the time I post it, uh, this is probably not going to go out until maybe midday on Thursday. Um, so my apologies to everyone. This topic is something that I have been very excited to talk about. And if you're a long-term listener, you know that I've been talking about uh, money trauma and its integration with love addiction and wanting to talk about these topics for years, not even exaggeration, years. And so uh, during this interim, I've done my own personal work when it comes to healing my money trauma and I've grown. I'm not perfect, but I've grown. I've taken some certifications around working through money disorders and work disorders. When I got, when I started operating or when I started serving folks who struggle with love addiction and love avoidance as a therapist, as a specialization and specifically sex addiction, that's when I learned that there was such things as money and work disorders. So other ways that we will show up and hide ourselves, ways that we may feel unworthy that shows up and the ways that we may try to overcompensate by money and work or try to undervalue ourselves by money and work, going for positions and things that are underneath us when we do have money, sabotaging it, sabotaging different opportunities and all of that. And so I wanted to make sure that I could talk about these things knowledgeably yeah, that's the right word. <laughs> and so I put it off and this this winter series is the right time. Y'all, money is a very emotional topic. It is, to me, it is a very sensual and sexual topic as well in that it is connected to our bodies and our, senses of, our sense of safety and of pleasure and of access. And again, what we're deserving of and what we allow ourselves to receive and what we try to give away and whether or not we lean into things or whether or not we hide. And so uh, I would not be surprised if I get a lot of feedback from these next few episodes of people who say what I've heard y'all say about other things. Like I had no idea that this was a thing, that there was, this was, a, there was a term for this. And this is as as much as I felt like I was called out, this also helps me know that if there's a label for it, then this is a, there's a solution for it. And that is my biggest hope. So today's topic of earn, under earning, I uh, want to be very clear that it has nothing to do with the actual numbers because you can be an under earner and be a millionaire, uh, which may be a very wild thing to say uh, for or seemingly wild thing to say for some folks, depending on where they are financially and where their goals are, that someone could be at that level and be an under earner. And yeah, 
I mean, we all know that there are some people, and it might even be those of us listening today, that make a very healthy amount of money to your own personal standards because healthy is subjective to depending on where you are and where you're from and what your goals are. But in your mind, you may know that you make a healthy amount of money and you still have a lot of financial chaos, a lot of sabotage, a lot of codependence, a lot of avoidance around money and your ability to hold it, to receive it, to to go for things that are what you want. So I'm going to talk more about all of this in today's episode. I'm going to talk about 12 symptoms of it. I'm going to talk about what it looks like. I'm going to talk about what, what it looks like to get out. So if that's what you're needing, go ahead and buckle up and let's jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Okay, so for under earning, I'm going to give you a couple of different definitions from different sources and teachers that I could not decide which one I liked more. So I am going to tell you both. So this first one I'm pulling from Under Earners Anonymous. Under Earners Anonymous is a 12-step program to help people who compulsively under earn. It may sound silly, especially if you've never heard this term before, that that is actually a thing that can happen, that you can be someone who, uh, that that is a process addiction that you have, that you uh, are kind of out of control with, but it is very real. It is very real that there are those of us who will consistently create chaos and sabotage our attempts and our desires to move forward, that we will consistently and persistently live in deprivation um, and create systems that uh, reinforce that and um, maybe push away help or or take our time, but you know, I'm going to get into that in a moment. So under Ernie, according to Under Earners Anonymous's literature, or some of their literature says that under Ernie is not about money, but about underachieving or under being, no matter how much money you make. So this looks like you are not living you living your life to your fullest capabilities and competency competencies that you're playing it safe in a lot of ways. So you may not be going for the job that you actually want, but something that is maybe a few levels below or the level right below. Uh, you're not really going and starting the business that you want, um, but you are 
talking about it, you're dreaming about it, you are waiting for the right time, um, but you're not really putting yourself out there. Sometimes this can be due to fear of failure. Sometimes this can be due, due to fear of success. Sometimes this can be due to fear of being perceived. There's a lot of different fears that come underneath this in the same way that there's a lot of reasons that people will be avoidant in romantic relationships or be very codependent in romantic relationships. Your, your, your trauma profile, what you learned about money, what you had access to, what you were told, the way that money was used with you or for you, what, again, what you were told that you were capable of and what you deserved and what you saw happen, the, all of these things and so many more things go into your relationship with money. So to be clear, under earning is not about having a low income. I already said that. You know, there are people who have a low income, which is a subjective term, depending on who you're talking to. But there are people who may have an income that is lower by some folks' standards, but they're not under earners. They are fully showing up, putting themselves out there. They are responsible with their money decisions and choices. They are growing wealth. They are growing opportunities. They are not living um, in deprivation and in avoidance, which you're going to hear in a moment when I talk about the symptoms. The symptoms that I'm going to list, they don't do those things. Um, and so they do not count as under earners. Also you underachieving, even though, um, underachieving is in the definition of under earning. The reason why this is here is because there are some people who are underachieving, but they make a lot more money than they need for their lifestyle. They are very, very comfortable, but they may have, maybe they're coasting because maybe they're a Nepo baby or there's generational wealth, or they have uh, landed in a position that there is more money than they need. And so they kind of coast there instead of going to places that would actually allow them to really shine in everything that they have. So they they hide in those ways, but that does not mean that they are not making enough money, but they are definitely underachieving and not showing up as their best self. Uh, this is a good place for me to integrate another uh, definition that I saw in my uh, research of under-earning. Under-earning in this capacity or in this respect is not the same as when you voluntarily choose to live in simplicity. If you look at life, if you look at what's available and if you're like, you know what, I don't need all that. So I do not, I'm not going to try to keep up with the Jones. I'm not going to live past what I take in. You know, I want my life to be simple. I want to be at ease. I want to be in rest. And that is why I am choosing to live in simplicity. Folks who are underachieving are very conscious of what they want and they're very conscious of who they want to be and they're very conscious of their dreams but they choose to avoid it so the voluntarily simplistic simple folks <laughs> have taken a full account of everything that they want and they have built a lifestyle where they are not lacking anything the person who is underachieving, even if they have a full lifestyle, there are still parts and urges and nudges inside of themselves for dreams and opportunities that they want, but they are not putting themselves out there for whatever reason, right? And also someone who is under-earning, that is not the same as folks who are underworking. There are a lot of under-earners who work very hard, harder than anyone. And they still find that they are in patterns of chaos, right? So under-earning is not about being lazy, is not about um, being someone who's playing victim. It is about the ways that we may sabotage and get in our own way. So 
let me go ahead and give these symptoms according to um, according to under earners anonymous. The first symptom of being an under earner is time indifference. So you may put off what must be done and you do not use your time to support your own vision and further your goals. The second symptom of under earning is idea deflection. So you may compulsively reject ideas from other folks or from your um, own intuition that could enlarge your life or your career and increase increase your profitability, right? So there's always a yes, but there's always a reason why an idea that's given to you would not work for you. Number three, you have a compulsive need to prove. Although you have demonstrated your competence in your job or your business, you are still driven by a need to reprove your worth and value and to continue to show that you are good enough, right? That doesn't ever go away. Number four, clinging to useless possessions. You may hold on to possessions that no longer serve your needs, such, such as uh, clothing that is worn or doesn't quite fit anymore, broken appliances, um, you know, keepsakes that you actually don't want and that you have been told that you need to keep a lot of things, old furniture that is no longer your style or that is not comfortable for you anymore. Um, again, these are signs of deprivation. Number five, exertion and exhaustion. So you may habitually overwork, become exhausted, and then underwork or stop working completely, right? And so this is your cycle. It's kind of your, your binge purge cycle. Number six, as an under earner, you may give away your time. So you may compulsively volunteer for various causes or give away your services without charge, give away all your help to other people when there's no benefit to you. So time and resources you could be using for yourself, you compulsively give it away because they're more deserving. You don't really need it. They need it, right? And again, this struggle for you to receive and for you to have and to take as much, if not better, care of yourself versus other people. Number seven, undervaluing and underpricing. So you may undervalue your abilities and services and fear asking for increases in your compensation, compensation or for what the market will bear. So fear of asking for promotions, fear of going for your value if you own your own business, fear of charging what you are actually worth, um, always trying to give discounts, always trying to um, you know, bundle things together. There was someone on TikTok and I didn't quite understand her full uh, story, but I wanna say that she sold like meal plans or something, but whatever, whatever it is that she sells, um, it's like she wasn't making any money from it. And she even came and made a video that said, I know I'm not making any money from this and I know I should be charging more. And then she started to say her, her reasonings why she was undervaluing herself. But, you know, there is no medal given at the end of this for you um, living in deprivation, you living in struggle, you struggling to take care of your kids, take care of yourself, you burning out, you having health issues because of this. You know, you are no better of a person because you are inflicting pain on yourself. But, but according to whatever trauma you may have had, you may have had the opposite message. You may have gotten so much praise the more you denied yourself, the more you abandoned yourself, the more you gave and gave and gave with no ask of anyone else to the point that it hurt you. And then you kept going. You may have gotten so much praise from that, which is why we can show up in relationships with people who continue to take and take and take and take. And we're just waiting for that little breadcrumb of acknowledgement, waiting for them to um, suddenly 
see everything that we've given to them and everything that we have provided for them and for our light to come on and for them to be like, oh my goodness, you have been such a treasure this whole time, but no one's going to see you as a treasure until you see yourself as a treasure first time. You, you, everyone else is a mirror of what is reflect, what is going on inside of you. And that's not to say you are to blame for someone's abuse and mistreatment and neglect of you. What I'm saying is if you don't see yourself as a treasure, when someone does do that, when someone does show up in their bad behavior, because you don't know what you're worth, you are going to entertain it, take it, try to justify it, try to fight with them about why they need to not treat you that way instead of just moving, instead of just moving on. Number eight, isolation. You may choose to work alone when it might serve you much better to have coworkers, associates, or employees. So this one, I don't really have a personal example of. Um, I don't know if that means the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> but yeah, for, for this one, I'm like, there may be some jobs and careers that are okay to work alone versus this being a very black and white. You always need to work with people, you know, especially depending on your introversion level and all of that, you know? So maybe if y'all do your own Googles about this after this episode, you can look more into that um, isolation and what folks say about that. Number nine, the ninth sign of being an under earner is physical ailments. So sometimes out of fear of being larger or exposed or seen, you may experience physical ailments. So either from stress, either from not taking care of yourself, either from a combination of both, you know, you don't have access to resources to take care of yourself, that overworking uh, compulsion that compulsion that we talked about before, where you like work incessantly and don't take a break and don't take rest, um, all of that shows up in your body. A lot of us, our physical ailments and symptoms that we are on medications for, that we consistently need to go to the doctor that seems to have no reprieve, would absolutely change if we got a better hold of our stress and our ability to pull back and rest and take breaks and receive help and just have boundaries and say no. Number 10, the 10th sign of under-earning, according to Under Earners Anonymous, is misplaced guilt or shame. So you feel uneasy when asking for or when you're being given what you need or even what you're owed. I'm going to say that again because this is one that I feel like I see so often. Misplaced guilt or shame. You feel very uneasy and uncomfortable. Not only when you're asking for something that you need, if you even ask, but even when people are trying to give it to you, when people are trying to give you help, when they're trying to offer, when they're trying to say, hey, can I come over and support you? Can I send you this? Um, can I show up for you here? Your immediate answer is no, I got it. I don't need it. Um, and that's for you even being in need. You may not even be in touch with what you need, but you just feel as if um, that is too overwhelming, wrong, as if you're going to be a burden, unwanted, whatever. Um, and that also includes when you're old things. You know, um, sometimes people owe you compensation for what you've done, whether or not that compensation is money, whether or not it is a favor back, whether or not it is energy and attention and time. It is okay for people to not only follow up with what they are owed because um, you deserve to get back what you put out there, but even for them to go a little bit extra. And so if you have folks who are going a little bit extra for you, do you feel guilty or shame? 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Number 11, not following up. So this is where you do not follow up on opportunities, leads, or jobs that could be profitable for you. You may begin many projects and tasks, but do not complete them. So one example that I've seen a lot is in regards to opportunities is can look like procrastination. So let's say you get um, you, you're feeling so dissatisfied and you're feeling as if things are not working out for you and then you're in a job that is not what you want. And so finally you're like, you know what, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to apply. And you see your perfect job and you put off applying for the job, right? Until either it's right before the deadline or you put it off enough until now the job position is no longer available. Or let's say you do go out for the job and you finally get an email back and it's giving you a deadline to uh, follow up with them instead of it, you doing it immediately, right? This is what you prayed for. This is what you've asked for. You put it off. 
and either you missed the deadline or it's cutting it close. So you're constantly in this battle of um, not following up with the leads and opportunities that are available for you and sabotaging those things. And number 12, stability boredom. So you can create unnecessary conflict with coworkers, supervisors, and clients, generating problems that result in financial distress. I would also expand this outside of your career. So when or if your life is getting to a place that is stable, you're starting to rebuild your wealth and rebuild your finances, and you're on a good track with your credit and you know things and you're paying down your debt or whatever it may be, now all of a sudden you see a brand new thing that you have to use, this extra space, this extra availability to purchase, to invest in, to um, start, and it completely eats up what you have been growing and building. This can also happen in family and friend relationships, like I said, as well. Um, you are doing very well for yourself financially. And here come some people around you who are needing things, either they, whether or not they directly tell you that they need something or you see that they are in need and you're like, you know what? I got it. I'll give it to them. Even though you are in crisis yourself, like you're just now starting to come out of it a little bit, a little bit, and the stability for you is threatening. The ability, the stability of nothing happening and everything being calm, your body is so not used to it that it will find ways and convince you that it's your idea, not understanding that this is your trauma response to sabotage um, peace and neutrality because you, you've not ever had an extended period of time where everything is good. So your body, your mind is going to find a way to create that same crisis. So whether or not it's, you know, everything's going great at your job and you decide to quit and because you want to, you know, become the caterer, you have no experience with cooking or starting a business and you haven't even started to build connections or get your menus or anything together. But, you know, today is the day. And so you have a little bit of savings, right? So now's the time for you to go out for your dreams, which is a story for many people and it's possible, and it would be good for you if you are someone who consistently struggles with chaos and struggle in your life to take slower steps to go for your dreams, to not completely blow everything up to go to the next step. But those who under-earn, just like in all different ways that our traumas can show up, it can be very creative and it can feel, it can feel very uh, visceral, you know, it could feel very much as if this is my intuition, this is my guide, this is um, my inner voice talking to me, and I have to follow through with it. But no, it's, it's that compulsive trauma, it's that compulsive need to um, push away this type of stability and being able to grow into being feeling safe, feeling secure, feeling good enough, feeling seen. Uh, because then, what? What's your body going to do if everything is fine and everything is peaceful? Okay. So under earners anonymous literature also says that an under earner is a person who hides from life. Many of, many of us hide for years in the dissatisfaction of our circumstances. We do work that may allow us to eke out a living, but it doesn't truly serve us. Even though we may be angry and depressed about our work, we feel powerless to explore other options and take actions that would enable us to grow, change, and express ourselves more fully. Okay. So I've seen and heard many people who struggle with this, um, going back to what an under earning is not. 
Um, under earning is not laziness. Under earning is not not working. I've seen many a person who's an under earner who has all the plans, they have all the dreams, they have all the goals, you know, and they work, work, work. But the harder they work, somehow the more they get behind. Somehow, even though they have this great vision for what's going to come next, it doesn't actually come to completion because of some of the different chaos and sabotaging behaviors that I've already listed before. A few more things not said in this portion of Under Earners Anonymous, though I do believe that they talk about it in other places, is another symptom is vagueness about money. So those who struggle with under earning usually have no idea how much money they have, earn, or need. They kind of operate by wishful thinking, you know, instead of strategizing and negotiating. I want to say that this is the case for all folks who are under earners, but this next one um, I have seen often. So an anti-money attitude. So under earners are ambivalent or negative about money and people who have it. So this might look like disliking folks who are wealthy um, and taking a lot of pride on the fact that you are living in on a minimal budget is what you call it, but it may actually be deprivation. Um, the difference between minimal and, and or simple and deprivation is you have real needs that you are not taking care of, uh, whether or not it's health, whether it's not your emotional needs, whether or not you are taking care of yourself physically, not just bathing and hygiene, but are you dressing and showing up in a way that you feel proud of? Are you taking care of your body? Are you eating foods that nourish you and, um, um, and, and improve your health? Are you living in an environment that makes you feel good and makes you feel safe when you look around? Not just a place that you have a roof over your head. When you look around, does your setting look like you? Does it feel like you? Does it feel like home, right? Does it bring you joy um, to look to every corner of your of your establishment? You know, your car. <laughs> Is your car a place that feels safe? Do you um, take care of your car? And, you know, cars have their own costs and everything, but... Um, or do you take pride in just basically how you show up? And with you doing that, is your budget still minimal? Or do you just cut a whole lot of corners in all of those areas to um, be so frugal that you're not taking care of yourself? And with that, does that actually make you feel any safer um, to live in that way? But whether or not it is anti-money, so having judgments against people who are very wealthy, sometimes people who struggle with under-earning have an aversion to money. You know, I've talked at the top of this episode about how our relationship with money is deeply emotional. And so some folks, you may actually be able to journal about how do I feel about money? And if there's negative feelings, some of those negative feelings may seem like the types of things that you would say about a human relationship. I can't trust money. Money comes, but it doesn't stay. Um, money is fickle. Um, money is supposed to be there, but it's never there for me, right? Like deep abandonment and rejection wounds related to your energy with money um, and whether or not you feel comfortable with it and whether or not when it does come around and when you do have access to it, can you actually rely on it being there, right? So with things and people you can't rely on, what's the easiest way if you're avoidant to deal with it? To push it away, to cut it off to get it away, to not try to depend on it at all, right? To not have any expectations of it at all because it's only going to disappoint you. I already talked about the codependency of an under earner to put everybody else's needs first. And it may feel, you might feel very noble about it, but you, if you are giving from codependency, you're going to end up feeling very angry, resentful, 
um, in pain. And it's just going to be not productive because usually the folks who we give to codependently are people who are perpetually in struggle and chaos themselves. So there's no reprieve, right? There's no um, sense of accomplishment because things don't get better for them. And also already said this at the top of the episode or in the original symptoms at the top, but um, this definition talks about how under earners really crave to be comfortable. They really crave to kind of be, go under the radar. Um, They are very unwilling to put themselves out and they may try to overthink it. They may try to overplan it. And even with all the thinking and all the planning, it's still not enough to avoid the risk. So they don't go out for what they want and what they need. So how do you heal under earning? Let's talk about that. Um, Before I get into that, I may have said this at the top of this episode. I cannot remember. Um, which is ironic based on what I'm about to share. Uh, But I know a lot of this is very neurodivergency coded, especially if you struggle with the inattentive version of ADHD. A lot of these are things that you may have that shows up in your everyday life. You may relate to being an under earner, or you may relate to just ways that you may self-sabotage, right? You may be financially comfortable, but you may also put yourself in a place where you are underachieving in certain ways, or it's harder for you to show up, or you're achieving just enough, but you have a lot of imposter syndrome that parallels a lot of the things that are, that have been said today. Uh, I, I want for no matter where you are, that if there is something that I've said today that applies to you and describes what has been difficult for you, to take what you need and leave the rest. Take the bits and pieces that make sense for you. And you can go and do your Googles and do your research and learn more about it. But I just wanted to say and acknowledge that I'm I'm very aware that um, what I'm describing is the experience of many of us who are neurodivergent. And um, with that said, there are always tools and resources, thankfully, to help us work through that. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few here. This is exactly what I'm going to be talking about at our money trauma workshop, our heal your money trauma, money rehab workshop that's going to be on March 9th, 2024. I am moving it up a week instead of the 16th because that is spring spring break weekend. At least it is for most folks here in Texas. And so I want to make sure that as people are traveling and going vacations, as many people who want to attend live can come. Um, but it's going to be on Saturday, May 9th. And we are going to be talking about how do you heal your sense of unworthiness when it comes to money, working through that fear and lack of security. Um, When it comes to money, no matter how much money is in your bank account, how to break patterns of financial codependence, hoarding money, and over-debting, which we're going to talk more about um, maybe in the following episodes or kind of weave those in. Uh, These are, this workshop, that I'm hosting is not going to be about budgeting and it's not going to be about um, numbers in that respect, because as I've already described multiple times, it doesn't matter how much money coming in. If you feel like you're unworthy of it, you're going to find a way to get rid of it. You're going to find a way to dispel it. You're going to find a way to still not feel safe. And the amount that you have is what someone else who is in your position is yearning for, and you're waiting for the time, you're waiting for the moment to, um, for it to all come together, and it doesn't. Other types of money disorders that we um, will be talking about is overspending, and um, again, that over-compulsive uh, generosity, uh, which is more qualified under codependent giving. 
So if this is what you're looking for, I'm going to encourage you to go to blackgirlsheal.org slash money. And that's going to take you directly to the workshop link to register there. Recovery School alumni and students, remember to use your student code there as well. Um, but that is available for you to register and have lifetime access to. And again, to submit questions if you cannot come live. This is actually, you know, I guess it's, this is the season. We've been talking a lot about money trauma in the recovery school too. And so uh, at our group calls. And so I'm excited to talk about this with everyone and really help people make some movement. But here are some tips and tools for you to lean in for now. The first one is you need to lean into becoming visible and learning to be perceived. Whatever trauma is underneath that. I know many of you have therapists or you are journaling uh, fans. You are folks who do a lot of energy work. Whatever it is that you're doing, whoever you're working with when it comes to this, Lean into talking about any fears that you have, being visible, being perceived, um, having spotlights, um, people paying attention to you, being considered uh, successful, uh, and, and if there's any danger or threats that come with that. And then working through those fears of those dangers is going to be really important, okay? The next thing that you can do when it comes to under-earning is start to record your time. Again, this is another skill that is very uh, common commonly taught by those who teach about executive functioning for those who are neurodivergent. So keeping a conscious record of how you're spending your time, what is taking longer than not. Um, this helps you improve your awareness. It helps you realize what actions you need to take. It starts to help you look at what your patterns are so that you can get ahead of them and choose something different versus, you know, it just happens to you that you lose time. It just happens to you that you're procrastinating, but to get ahead of it that way. Accountability is also very important. You know, I remember when I first joined the 12 step programs, um, you know, over a decade ago now, and I learned that under earners anonymous existed and debtors anonymous existed and workaholics anonymous, which, you know, I've, I've heard about, of course, but as far as like these, these meetings are live and in charge and the real, and people are in these rooms talking about the most taboo things that you're not supposed to talk about, you know, on one hand, Sex and relationships, especially depending on how you grew up or any type of trauma you have or religious trauma you have, like there's already that type of you don't discuss your business in front of other people. There's already that type of repression. But money, money for many of us, there may be some folks listening being like, that is not me at all. But for a lot of us, we were taught that money is something that we keep very private. It is something that no one needs to know how much we have or that we don't have. And we for damn sure don't talk about what we feel like are mistakes or ways that we're not showing up well with money. And and the fear and the anxiety that that may produce in your life, like that is, talk about deep, talk about vulnerability. That is huge. And so if you can find a circle, if you can find a group of people that get that and who are holding space for you and not judging you. You know, many of us may have financial advisors or or people who help us or friends that are very financially savvy and they may be giving us really great tips and tools. But if we don't believe that we're worthy of having that type of success, if we don't believe that it's going to work for us, if we may sabotage the tips and tools that they give us, what is what is it worth, right? So being with a group of like-minded people who really get that would be great. 
So looking to see if you connect to any of the terms that I've used today and you want to explore a 12-step program, um, you can Google to see if there's any in your area or if there's any available online. Of course, we're having our workshop on the 9th. And so you can also trade messages in the chat, send private messages to see if you want to connect to other women who are sharing their stories, sharing their questions, and see if they want to connect to be accountability partners. The next thing that I'm really going to encourage you to do to overcome under earning is to learn more about under earning. So I'm serious. Get on your Googles, learn more about this, but also learn more about roots of low self-worth and low self-esteem. Many of those things are things that we already talk about here, right? Um, the things that feed into feeling worthy, feeling safe. And so um, that may help you, um, you know, remove the veil of what of what and why has been happening to you. And then building savings and investments is going to be really important for those who may sabotage financially, but to actually keep it. So again, many of us, if you struggle with under earning, you might be able to build a lot of money, but as soon as it gets to a certain point, somehow now there's an emergency you need to take care of. There's someone who's in need. There's a big purchase you want to make. There's a new certification or school program that you want to start. You need another degree. Um, you want to start a business. Like There's some threshold that you have that you are not allowing yourself to move past. And um, that may be something for you to explore, um, but to build towards that as much as you can. All right. So again, I look forward to seeing those of you who are ready to work through these things and work through the trauma that is causing these types of sabotage behaviors so that you can move forward and have the life that you want. You can register by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash money and joining us there. Uh, last workshop that we had, it was slated for an hour and a half and we doubled that. So I look forward to staying and really digging deep and helping women make real change. So that's it for now. I will see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.